I'm Lacey. And I'm Kippen. We're two friends who love to get lost inside a great story. And we're welcoming you to our own little book club. This is One Page More, a podcast. Hello, Kippen. Hey, Lacey. <sighs> um, today we're coming to you sponsored by Seasonal Allergies. But that's okay. We're going to get through. Um, yes. I noticed also that we are both like, like big smacking. <laughs> what, what are the videos? The AMSR? Like AS, ASMR. ASMR? Something. So, whew. you know, listening to people eat has never been terrible for me. But just, I don't know if it's just echo or what, but listening to my children eat has been it's become almost unbearable to me. Like this morning they were eating Eggos and I wanted to rip my ears off. I was just, I literally was like, Joe, what's your mouth closed? Like, <laughs> and I don't know if your kids are like this. My kids, no lie, will literally sit down to eat for 45 minutes to an hour for every <laughs> single meal. I, I have got to where I have finally, like, I will set a timer and be like, we are leaving after this. Like, we're doing something else. Like, eat your food and be done. I'm so I cannot still. endure. Yeah, my kids will just, like, want to get up and then run around and then come back and finish. But yes. Oh, that's what I mean, where it's like yeah. they're eating and doing everything else. And they're like, oh, but I'm not done. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course you're not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But Echo's like, I can't, I can't chew with my mouth closed. It just doesn't work like that. I'm like, honey. Please. Okay. Today we're talking about A Discovery of Witches, which um, was written by Deborah Hartness. Yes, I knew that. I knew that. I actually did take notes this time and because it was so freaking long. It was like a 24-hour audiobook. We both listened to it. Free on Hoopla if you're in Jacksonville, Duval County. Um. And I really enjoyed it, but you want me to tell you really quick what it was about? Yes, please. So A Discovery of Witches is a fantasy, um, slight mystery, very drama-filled romance from uh, modern ages about a witch who has kind of stepped away from magic, doesn't really want anything to do with it, and a vampire who she meets after she discovers a mysterious manuscript in Oxford called Ashmole 782, I believe. Um, she is a professor of history, specifically she studies alchemy, and after she finds this ancient manuscript all this crazy stuff starts happening um in this universe there are demons witches and vampires and they're all hidden in plain sight from the humans around them um and so her and the vampire matthew end up having a romantic relationship and running from the people that don't want them to be together and that's about it um, that is a great synopsis to a really long <laughs> and arduous book. Yeah. So. Okay. You say arduous. So what do you rank it? I, I've, I've thought about this, this, the entire time I read the book, I fluctuated a lot and I feel kind of bad. I'm going to give it a solid three. And I know you 
love this book, but I had some qualms, but I'll get into that. So what, what was your rating on the flip side? So as much as I loved it, and I'm going to give it probably a 3.75, almost a four, because I just couldn't stop listening to it. I was really into it. Um, my problem is the title of this book is A Discovery of Witches, but when you read it, it's more like A Discovery of Broody Emo Vampire Man, and sometimes I didn't love that. We'll get into it, but I loved the witch segments of this book, and I've read now the second book. I love the magical witch stuff in that one. I don't love all the vampire stuff, and uh, the only other vampire book I've ever read is Twilight. I'm sure that we'll talk a lot about Twilight, <laughs> but um, okay. I just, yeah, that, the relationship sometimes I just wasn't totally in love, but I did like Diana's character a lot. And like I said, I could not wait to read the second book. So yeah, I gotta, I gotta give it like that 3.754 ish ranking. I can come whenever I was listening to it, I can completely see why other people would really enjoy it. Matter of fact, I actually kept thinking somebody like my mother, I can completely see her loving something like this. And it's got a lot of the, like the elements I really enjoy. It's got a little bit of mystery. It's got a little bit of a romance, a little bit of historical fiction, um, fantasy. It's kind of got like everything. So it's got a little bit for everybody, but there were just, some points I just didn't get invested in, and then some points I just kind of couldn't get. Oh, excuse me, couldn't get past. But it definitely was peppered with really um, fantastical elements, and that was my main qualm: was that she just didn't go all the way in for me, like I wanted her to. Yeah, and there's a lot more magic in the second book, but guess what? The second book is even harder to read than this one. I would give the second book, because we're probably not going to talk about it in this podcast, like a two and 2.5. There were segments of that book that I absolutely loved, like so good, but the majority of the book, ooh, it dragged. Um, <laughs> that's interesting, because that's how I felt with this book. It's broken up into... Um, maybe three different sentences, I guess. And I I was super interested in one, uh, in one sentence. One of them didn't care for it all. And one of them was kind of like so-so. So that was kind of the thing to me. It's like it didn't, a lot of book for me to really love a book, you know, it's got to carry me along throughout the whole way. And yeah, it just, it just fell flat for me in certain parts. Um, about a year ago, Lacey and I both read the book Normal People, and then we like were completely obsessed. That's so such a good book, um, but not anything like this book. But I bring it up because I listened to a podcast specifically about the series made after that book because, again, I was obsessed. And they said at one point, like, oh, do you think the main characters would be together forever or whatever? And this one host was like, oh, I don't think so, because they just, it's like, it's not much of a laugh, like they were British. And I kept thinking about that this whole book, like they have this very passionate relationship, but it's so serious. This book takes very itself, heavy. Yes, this book takes itself so seriously. There's no barely any levity at all. So again, I was into it. I've recommended this book to a lot of people, actually. Um, 
but yeah, you got to go in like knowing that you're just going to get this brooding, um, semi-dark romance. When I think about this, I, I keep like the books that remind me of somewhat similar is like big fantastical element are books, of course, like Harry Potter and Outlander. And I think for me, what it is, is like Outlander is like so mature that this is like the perfect kind of book. If that book is, if you know what I mean, like you're not into like mm -hmm. the gratuitous scenes or perhaps you don't care as much about like the historical you know you want a little bit more of the fantasy so i can see like i said this book but yeah you're right there was not a lot of humor i'm all about like a i love like a little quip here and there and yeah they're okay i'm gonna i'm gonna try to hold back till we get out <laughs> okay get into the spoilers but man before we go there uh should you read it or should you listen to it like I mentioned, we both listened to it. I feel like listening is the way to go with this book. Um, just because we, I was able to speed it up. I will say that the narrator speaks slow as an ink sloth. Like it is very, very slow. Um, so I cranked that sucker up and I, I was done in a couple days. No problem. What do you think? I think on the flip side, I'm going to be honest, I wish I would have had this book in hand. Mm. Yes, it was long, but there was, there were just a lot of parts with, um, I'm the type of reader, if it gets too heavy into specific details, I am literally, I will skip to the next paragraph kind of thing. If it's, <laughs> you know what I mean? If it's like nothing but like, I'm going to describe, like, okay, I don't care. So yeah. I felt like a lot of the time in this book, I could have skipped past like we told you we were texting about this like the the wine and like what does the wine taste like i'm oh sorry i don't care yeah i don't need to know this i am happy for you to say you're drinking wine and then to get on to the point don't tell me like you know the flavors and the textures and and the the swirl and the, like i don't care i'm sorry so I know. for me if i had the book in hand i'm gonna skip by that i'm gonna get to the meat oh yeah so i don't know maybe Maybe either one could be could pass for this book. See, and if I had to skim, that's when I would probably walk away from it. So I was like strapped in. I just had to endure. We have to go into spoilers now. I can't. I can't. So the first thing that must be said is it reminds me a lot of grown up Twilight. I think it's better because the witch elements and the fact that they are both adult human beings. Well, they're not, neither of them are humans. One is a witch and one is vampire. <laughs> but what do you think? Twilight comparison. Um, of course. And I actually read that um, Deborah Harkness claims, and I'm going to say claims in uh, italics because I don't believe it, that she has never read Twilight. But if not, she drew a lot of similarities because you're right. It's got the same, or it's got similar, um, uh, the fantastical element of like the, supernatural it's got a lot of like the almost like the imprinting where it's like once they're mated they're mated for life and i'm kind of like oh my gosh um the and this is going to be my number my number one argument complaint the insane possessiveness of the man towards the like a poor little like you know lead female character could not freaking stand it it was Could not it was really annoying and that's the huge turnoff for me in this book is i'm like so i don't believe her at all that she didn't read twilight but my thing is i don't 
I also don't believe that Stephanie Meyer invented that about vampires. I I want to know what like the source text is that everyone's pulling from that makes like vampires aggressive to the point of almost abusive and controlling. Like why why can't we ditch this? This is a modern book in which these obs- like uh, these controlling obsessive tendencies are still like glamorized it's very weird to me very very weird they she they both also talk a lot about like the beauty of um you know what i mean like it's like a, a, a an earthly like you know you would never yeah. see this person and not like have the, this realization like oh like <laughs> right you know, I, oh man they hit different right so uh, i Maybe we should start with talking about Diana and then get to Matthew. Because I did like the book. I feel like I'm going to sound super negative, And I'm sorry. I liked Diana. Diana enjoyed how it kind of gave us a little, like her backstory was that she was an only child. Um, her parents were both murdered whenever she was seven um, in another continent. It was like a ritual killing. Like their organs had all been like strung and strode beside them. Her aunt and her aunt's partner um, raised her. She swore off magic and, uh, you know, is this like fantastic? Was she a doctor? Did she have a doctorate? She has a, yeah, she has a doctorate and she's like, I think she's looking for tenure or something or she has her PhD and she's doing research or something like that. I did like, I felt like that was made a bit of an unusual character where it's like, how often do we have like a, an extremely intelligent and, and she also was super, um, like she was, I felt like she was very self-assured, you know, she was very decidedly against magic and I don't know. She was, she, she started off like this confident, somewhat relatable character that I liked and she, they I don't, don't all, she doesn't always the author doesn't always let diana be diana that's how i felt it was like she set her up to be one way but then she didn't always go there and like speak up for herself in the way i wanted her to in her relationship um one other thing i thought was very similar to twilight is how horribly the people dress in this book specifically diana over and over again, Diana is described as being like, I pulled on a pair of black slacks and a bl- and a dark blue shirt. Like, this woman is forever wearing navy and black. And I'm like, who is this? What? What kept getting me was like every two seconds, she's like rowing. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, you know, like that is so physically exhausting. Then she's doing yoga. Then she's running. And then like, every- and I'm like, this is like a very bookish not that you can't be both, but how often do you see both? Honestly, like, I really oh. like that aspect of her personality because I do think it takes a very, um, uh, um, let me say, introverted, also very driven person to get where she is scholastically. And she didn't have a ton of friends. Like she was, she had like her pal in the lab back at home. You know, she kind of talked to some witches locally, but she wasn't like a super warm person with tons of people that you know, she spoke to. So it makes sense to me that she would be drawn to like these very, um, 
solo sports and also like they indicate that her being active is directly linked to all of her like magical energy like if she does not exercise like crazy her magic just starts like spilling out does that make sense yeah i don't know there was like later i guess it did kind of go into it i um i will say i could not relate to diana at all because <laughs> the you know the whole front part of the book is like how she works so hard to not use magic so she can blend in so she doesn't have to you know use her magical abilities and i was thinking <laughs> about 12 year old me writing a letter to jk Rowling saying please <laughs> consider writing in a transfer student lacy <laughs> her and harry have a love <laughs> <laughs> she she's got supernatural abilities like you've never seen you know i just was like the the level that i have always been like i want to be you know i want to be unique special i just was like man like that's so unrelatable to me i know there are people like that but better than me you know what side of the line i fall on so i'd be like oh we got him leviosa <laughs> listen i would I, I do. I did admire it too, where it's like she took her professional life very seriously. But I was like, honey, I would have been like, you know what I mean? I would have put my fingers upon every book and been like, photographic memory, like, let's do this. Like, you spell, 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 you know, blow <laughs> well, them out of the water. But she does have a photographic memory with or without. The, the interesting thing about this book is like, as it goes on, you realize that she does use magic more than she even thinks she does. Like, there's so many things about her. It's like intrinsically in every part of her is magical. And one thing that I really like about the book is the magic in the book. I like that there's spell casting, but there's also just like this kind of life force level of magic that you can tap into that has nothing to do with spell casting. Um, I don't know. I, I love, like we've talked about plenty of times, I love world building and I love like little details like that. So that's really interesting to me. <clears throat> and when she first meets Matthew, their like initial courtship, she's totally not into him. And I totally, I understand why. You were saying like the supernatural beauty. I think that's why it, it's very hard for a story like this to translate well into like the screen because those people just don't exist. And if they do, they're not actors. Like, they can't act. So it's hard to have the same level of, like, shock and awe over his beauty uh, in the TV show. We can talk a little bit about the TV show <laughs> later. You haven't watched it, but I I tried. Um, the other... Oh, go ahead. Oh, well, I was going to say, um, I did like, so kind of when the book first starts, she mentions about like this, this like kind of pinpricks, these like little feelings that she has mm -hmm. and where basically she's like, she's aware if another witch, um, demon or vampire is like, is in her space. And so I really, those kind of things, that's the kind of stuff that I'm like, okay, write more about that. Like you're saying with like the cast and the spells, or she talked a lot about like potions and things that they would brew that's what I wanted more of. That's why I love Harry Potter. Some of my favorite parts were not like the big adventures he was having. Was whenever he was in the classroom and they're in charms and they're like, okay, we're going to do, you know, whatever. We that really need, we need stuff. to find like a good magical lifestyle series. Like 
every day like american girl but she's a witch like that's oh that's God. what i want to read honestly <laughs> it's, it's uh it's it's too much to expect that and then to have a fr- the over the top sexy um rich ancient vampire that's gonna like come in and he's gonna save the day every day like play that's that that's what was like that was the divide between what i wanted and what i received and that's a lot to do with my rating where it's like if if the title had like nothing to do with witches or if it was like i don't know i don't know (laughs) what the vampire the witch and the demon whatever so it's it set me up for or like they say the line like it begins with blood and desire. Why isn't that the title of the book? I totally agree. I feel like the, the title is does not live up to what the book actually is. I also kept waiting for so it you know keeps talking about like the the four quadrants of people that we've got. I kept waiting for the people to discover the witches. Yeah, literally. Yes. And it never did. So the other third magical creature is a demon. And I felt like demons, she just does not flesh them out enough. He, Matthew has a friend who's a demon. His name is Hamish. Hamish brings a drop of humor to this whole situation. I liked his character. Mm-hmm. Um, he like visits Hamish to go hunting uh, deer or whatever. Um and I, I don't know. It, I just didn't really understand the point of having them there. Like, they just don't do much. And besides being super, super smart or super, super clever, I, I mean, like, am I missing something? Is there something more magical so, about them? So much of the book builds on the prejudices between each section. They yeah. all they stick to their own. Um, and that's just how it works. Like witches hang out only with witches. Demons only hang out with demons. They know one another exists. They don't intermingle. And I also have the thought that I feel, I, I wish that she uh, would have put, or Deborah would have put Diana and Matthew together, but let Matthew be a demon. Because I agree. I didn't really understand. It talked about how, I think the description of the book was something like um, they've got a touch it's like a touch of magical, not magical, like genius. And also, um, I don't know, like just a bit like madness. Yeah. Right. Yes. Right. So it was like rock stars or like serial killers kind of thing. We were like, <laughs> oh, okay, sure. But I, I agree. I would have been much more into that. And, um, although I did like where she kind of, she brought up all the tropes of a vampire and, um, and in the book, she kind of, you know, made it like a conversation between them where they're like, okay, like, is this true? Is this true? But like, yeah, like the small, like clothes, like the crazy fast strength. And like, you know, I was kind of like, okay, whatever. And, and it's a lot because I've read books like that before. So I just wasn't. Yeah. Invested. Matthew eventually, I, he wins me over enough that I want them to be together but he is a problem for me. He is very serious. He's very controlling. He eventually, once he figures out that kind of she's in danger and being threatened by all these creatures, like kind of hauls her off and tells her that he's taking her to his ancestral home where they meet his mother. This is another, I'm sorry, but this is going to be a lot of whining about a book that I actually really did enjoy. (laughs) But the mother-son-father relationships between vampires in this book was very weird to me. Like, I get it, 
But well, it goes back into the twilight where it's like yes. we've seen it before. Yes, and they also just like took it really far, uh, being like, "Uh, what is his little what is his little son's name? Not Marcus. his, yeah, Marcus. Pour some wine for your father." It's like, <laughs> what? This is your peer. If anything, it should be like blood brothers, right? Well, and two, it, I just. So at this point, Diana um, has called forth this magical book um, mm-hmm. that every everybody, all the supernaturals want. Yes. As, and they form this quick relationship. She doesn't know him. She's pretty prejudiced. Uh, not pretty. Because eh, at this point, they've kind of worked through a lot. But she still has hesitations. Yeah. So I'm thinking, I met a man two days ago. Mm-hmm. He's going to bring me to his fortress it is described in this, like, like I am literally thinking, is this man going to chain me up and kill me? Right. Across several she, country she's boundaries. Magic. She has nothing to, like, stop. I just was like, you know he's a natural predator, and it keeps going into this. Like, he's so dangerous. So she's just like, okay, sure. Yeah. I'm along for the ride. <laughs> and this will bite Diana in the butt again and again, where she is way too trusting, and she doesn't take things seriously, which I kind of felt like was... In part, they're trying to see, like, say, like, oh, see, Matthew's not that controlling. He just knows better than her. She's just so naive, blah, 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 blah. When she gets there, I enjoyed learning about Isabeau and Mart. They're, like, little, I don't know. Can you imagine being a vampire and then being a servant for your entire life? Like, what? (laughs) I thought Mart was, like, the, the little, like, grandma of the family. Whenever Diana was explaining it to her aunts and she says it's their like housekeeper, I was like, hold on. <laughs> what? You mean I have totally to live live seven hundred years? <laughs> and all these people are supposed to be over the top rich. At one point it talks about like, I've got a chateau in Paris. I've got a um Tuscany home. We also have a Jerusalem, you know, that goes on and on. And I'm like, oh, they're this flipping rich and I'm gonna live as a housekeeper? Oh, yeah. So when they're there, she finds out about the covenant, which is like what is supposed to keep everybody only, you know, intermingling with their own species or whatever. And then that's a big issue because all of a sudden Matthew's like, you're right. We're not going to be together. All the congregation. We in the little before that, she'd already had a run in with a wit. Well, was he called? I guess they also I felt like she called him a wizard a time or two and then called him a witch. So then I thought, are they interchangeable for a male? I think so. So anyways, it talks about like how she had a run in with like the scary, like D- um, David Knox. Is that his name? David? His last name is like, Knox. I remember Knox. that. Mm-hmm. So anyways, it just kind of like leads into this, like it's very scary, you know, dynamic. Well, I, I would say the next big thing of note to me is that Matthew leaves her to go back to Oxford to check on some stuff. Also, meanwhile, Matthew's like stuttering. He, he's a scientist and he's studying creatures' blood. I thought that was kind of cool, like looking at their DNA and figuring out, like, eventually they, they like figure out what Diana can do and like what her powers really are based on her genetics, which I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, but while he's gone, he straight up murders Jillian, the witch. And then later, 
when, you know, she's with her, uh, I think she's just talking to her aunt and Emily, her aunt's partner. She's like defending him and why he, it was like, she tells Emily that she needs to drop it over her, you know, questioning Matthew and his right to murder someone that I was like very perturbed by this. What? So this is during this time, this is where initially at Oxford, I liked Matthew. I saw the relationship was building. I knew where it was going. I was fine with it. When he started getting here, there was a scene where she starts getting really frustrated or something or other. And he like grabs her and holds onto her. And she's like, stop. And he basically refuses and like just keeps holding her, trying to like let her, I guess, calm down before she hurts herself or something. Mm-hmm. Whatever it was, I was so turned off. And that was a straight up trigger for me. I just was like, oh, and I was so just like grossed out. He did several things like that. He did a lot of lying under the guise of, well, you know, I just, I just didn't think you needed to know. And I just was very much like, I don't. Yeah. First, yeah, bringing up this pack mentality. Not mm-hmm. cool. Well, right. Cause they treat vampires like they're pack animals and like he's this alpha male. And I'm just like, why can't we drop this? I don't understand. I just want to enjoy this book about like romance and magic and you keep ruining it. Um, <clears throat> well, it talked about what, what, about that, what kind of was weird for me was that he, I don't want to say he imprinted. That's not the, that's like a twilight term. Yeah. But he really was, he considered them mated for life. And I thought, okay, he's a vampire. He's kind of got that's kind of, you know, maybe that's like a, whatever. It's a thing for a vampire, but she's a witch. So I kind of didn't understand why she also fell in where she was so head of her heels. It was almost like they had a similar experience despite them being two different kind of species i just i don't know right it it never really explains i mean i guess it's just love like any other person feels love i think a big part of it has to be that while she's having this kind of awakening of her magic and all of this kind of traumatic change there's got to be some trauma bonding that happens there (laughs) like They don't know each other for very long. He's also incredible, like stunningly attractive, which I'm sorry, but that cannot be discounted. And they do have a lot in common. They're both um, very serious. They're both academics. Like they both like yoga. I like that she threw that in. Like the yoga thing was kind of nice. Um, but well, that was the first time it talked about like everybody kind of doing something together and like you know being able to work past their differences they didn't have to be best friends but they could come and like enjoy a space with one another right so i mean i think for her it's just like anything else that she just loves him and but for him yeah it seems to be next level there is something about her that he is extremely possessive over um she eventually finds out that he is like the leader of some kind of knighthood called the Knights of Lazarus. That's like this ancient organization that goes back to like kind of like Knights Templar stuff. That part of the book was a big old yawn to me. That's what I wanted to skip over. Um, and it was quite a like a large chunk of story. <clears throat> Did you care about that at all? <laughs> 
<laughs> so I I talked about like the book me broken up for segments for me. The um, this the section where they were in France, I truly did not hardly care about. Like I liked Isabeau, but whenever Isabeau took her hunting, I'm like, this is weird. I don't. Not only is this weird, this is a step further than weird. This is inappropriate. You, they kept saying like, oh, you could lose control at any moment and kill him. So why are you risking it? This is your son's like beloved girlfriend so why is she here the knights of lazarus thing it was like another secret she uncovered that he hadn't like told about and then it talked about like his first wife and the child that died and that was i just was like wow there's a lot of sad stuff going on a lot of heavy stuff he's killing people she gets kidnapped and like tortured mm-hmm. i just kept being like good gracious i mean where's the joy and happiness here no there is none there is none i mean even their love it's like there's a few moments where they're just kind of laying starry-eyed looking at each other or whatever there's no sex in this book and that was another thing that after a while not that i need to read about it but it was a little weird that he like would not sleep with her even after they were technically you know mated for life bonded for life I'm like, what what are you holding back? Like, what's going on here, friend? Like, what are you afraid of? Well, especially, well, I didn't want to get into that. But later on in the book, it kind of (laughs) brings forth some other points that I was, that just, I had a lot of question marks about several things. So it was just a lot of things that I felt like just didn't get into it. So when, I'm trying to think, does anything happen? Matthew comes back. He's killed Jillian. They spend like, or they, they, was it their kiss that makes them for life and they consider themselves to be like husband and wife? I think once he comes back, she tells him, cause he had, he had kind of told her like, this is not happening. And she confronts him about it. And it's like, listen, I, you can't like scare me. You, it doesn't matter what you did. I'll always love you. I mean, I, I get the secrets things. He's very, very, very old. So she can't know everything all at once. Like that's just normal, I guess. But you could stop and just be like, Hey, let's have a couple, you know, some conversations where you tell me some stuff that I definitely need to know. Like, uh, did you murder someone or are you head of a huge organization I should know about or whatever? Um, well, some of the stuff too, it's like, if it's so far in the past, I guess she doesn't need to know about the knots. Right. It's just like water under the bridge. Did two days ago. Yes. That, you know, might be integral yeah. to know for the relationship. I don't know. I, I do feel like he tell, I don't know. He eventually tells her, but yeah, it's kind of shady how he does it. Um, so after they go back, I mean, yeah, she gets, she get when she gets captured, I actually liked that part. Like, I know it's horrible and like she gets tortured and everything but i did like that part and she actually kind of unlocks some magic there she like learns that she can fly and i also really liked how once her magic starts kind of percolating she starts seeing ghosts she starts seeing um her parents whenever and she starts having like flashbacks whenever she was a child and things become clear to her that weren't before um she she finds out she was spellbound as a child by her parents and that's the problem like that's why she has never been able to properly do magic 
Uh, and they did that because she is like a very powerful and special kind of witch and they wanted to protect her from the congregation. So I love, again, I love all the witchcraft in this book. I think it's so cool. And um, I like when she starts unlocking all of her powers, like she summons witch water and witch wind. And um, at some point she like is able to like draw a fiery bow and arrow out of thin air and like shoot somebody and light them on fire like it's pretty cool uh i'm skipping over a bunch but this book is very long like there's a lot that goes on here and they travel all around and there's tons of characters and i just don't want when i get into the weeds i know i'm gonna drag it even though (laughs) i enjoyed it um so i agree uh, i didn't put like the particular torture part because it did get a touch of details that i was like yeah. okay i'm like i'm very squeamish could, could hardly handle but i agree that is what brought forth the fun parts that i wanted to hear about because up until now she either refused to use magic or really could like very sparingly use it uh, we did not even touch on but I, a point that I did like is so it talked about her family. Her last name is Bishop. Her father was a proctor. So it really brought back these like um, colonial American witches uh, and, you know, and like kind of tied in a little bit more of like a historical. And so it mentioned like how they're, the reason that she particularly had all of these skills. So never Matthew had checked her blood. She had just, she basically um, had a marker next to like every special ability that a witch can have. And it was because of like her parents being so powerful and like the two of them, like, you know, they created this like superior child. So I was, this is where the book to me started. Like it really started making me like want to listen to more. I just did not care for the lead up and the relationship. I just was not invested in that personally. But when it started getting to the magic, that's what I was like, okay, this is what I'm here for. Yeah. Um, I loved, well, I'm trying to think, does anything happen after um, Matthew basically helps rescue her? I enjoyed her dream or her, maybe it's not a dream, I guess, her um, memories of like her mother, like weaving this story mm-hmm. that actually was like, you know, a premonition. I really did like that. I thought, okay, that's like a good, it's a good way to kind of tie this in here. Well, I mean, that's really the biggest things of consequence. Then they go to America. And I agree with you. This part of the book is really good when they are, I don't know. So much of the first part, you need to know the buildup of their relationship. I just thought, didn't think it was as well executed as it could have been. I think it's the setting. The setting just was not very fun. Mm -hmm. As soon as she entered that house, and it started talking about like how the house was haunted, but it had like like the ghosts of her family would appear. It would create new rooms and people were coming. I was literally like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. This is what I want. I love that. That's what the part that I really enjoyed that I wish it would have had more of. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, or, this would have like, started there. It's yeah. Like 18 hours <laughs> in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And at this point, of course, there's so much perilous. They're like trying to figure out like, how are we going to get you, or how are we going to keep our relationship? How are we not going to die? How mm-hmm. are we going to change the world? And so it's like, oh man, it's very heavy handed here. Yeah. And some more characters show up, some like demons. I could kind of take or leave them. I will say, I thought that the accent that the narrator used for this girl was really funny like 
just I, we live in the South. And so listening to oh. somebody <laughs> do a Southern accent and this person's supposed to be from uh, Seven Devils, North Carolina, which side note, we have both been to Seven Devils, North Carolina, and it's like a upper class community and they're like writing it like it's a witch hillbilly town which was it just really made me laugh um so that was low-key kind of annoying listening to her with like this well i do declare kind of accent <laughs> for this woman but whatever um i enjoyed so i enjoyed like the bringing in of the new characters i a lot. So it talked. So one of the big plot points is that there's, um, so us, so some demons in Seven Devils gave oh, a lot. Some witches in Seven Devils gave birth to a demon, which I is extremely uncommon. Mm -hmm. And so she fell in love with another demon. Well, now she's pregnant and she's having a witch. And so it kind of like talked about, um, just like further the exploration of uh, these like inter inner species what was relationships right. yeah <laughs> right so i thought like i was like okay i'm actually i enjoy this kind of thing like, this is interesting and i like their characters mm -hmm. the only <sighs> i don't know there was there yeah there definitely was a lot of like everybody was like tall and blonde and all <laughs> the men were super headstrong and all yeah. the men fall all the time but all the women were like hugging and crocheting oh, no. and kisses, except for the one there <laughs> Except for the one strong-headed um, lesbian aunt, was like she was like the one bull-headed, and all the rest of them were like super passive and like whatever you want, baby. I was like, oh, hey, yep. yep, yep, yep. Only thing. <laughs> so eventually, Diana figures out that she's a time weaver as well. She can travel in time, and so they decide. That because everybody in the world is against them and like wants to get rid of them, that the only thing they can do is go into the past and escape into the past. And Matthew has decided they need to go into the past and he's not going to tell her where they're going. That was crazy to me. Diana is a historian. That is her job. Like, I get it, Matthew, that you lived through all these times, but there's you've lived a million lifetimes. Like, why don't you ask the woman whose literal job is to study these things for her opinion of where they should go? Cause um, one of the plot points in this, in this whole thing is like this manuscript is supposed to have like information about where witches, demons and vampires come from and like the origin of their lives. Uh, and, Matthew's studies show that there are less witches, demons, and vampires being born and created, and he wants to know why. And he's like, oh, if we go back in time, we can find like a really powerful witch and they'll help you and we can be safe and blah, blah, blah. And so the very end of this book, um, they're gathering things and getting ready to go back into the past, which they do get there, but then that's in the next book and that's kind of where it leaves it hanging. Um, but <laughs> it's just, I, I don't know. I liked the ending of this book. I felt like it was tied up. It was, it was a cliffhanger that made me want to read more, but it didn't leave me super frustrated. Um, so if you wanted to try this book out, I think that you could read it and be satisfied and not necessarily have to read the next book, if that makes sense. 
I just really was kind of like you're saying about like the historian and Diane and this, that, and the other. She was so strong-headed and he talks in the book to her and says like, that's one of the reasons why he loves her so much is that she's very willful and opinionated. And that's why I just, I could not love them together. It's like, as the book goes on, her opinions go away. She becomes this like, I read, I read a review and a top review said Diana has Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> and I was like, well, one could see it like that. And I kind of felt like that. I, I wish she would have either been very, very headstrong or either just started off being, you know, little, little whatever. But right. I, I'm wondering if I'm just, uh, I just really need to find a good witch series. And if I'm willing to stoop to this book's level, because I have nothing else to compare it to. Does that make sense? I, th- I mean, it was, now I will say when I looked up on Goodreads, it was rated like 4.1 or something. So it's, okay. it could, a lot of it be me. Like I said, I was just so turned off by the main character when he was doing things like holding her down. He was lying to her. There was something else. Oh, I texted you a line. I cannot at all remember what it was, but it was supposed to be some like super sexy line that was like disgusting to me that I literally was like, okay, <laughs> if you're going to write the romance, you write it right or I don't want to hear it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, there's a lot of in this book that is a little bit cringeworthy. For just two minutes, I'll tell you, I tried to watch the television show. It was like watching a sci-fi TV like as in the network the sci-fi network like the one that made Sharknado like maybe I am just a huge snob but the the show is not good before you go into the details I need to ask you uh-huh. if you would have went in blind do you think your opinion would have been changed no because it's so cheesy it's so I I'm afraid that if I had gone in blind I never would have read the book <laughs> like it just turned you off that bad well, okay, for example, there's this scene where they're in um Sator and they're dancing and like she's supposed to feel magical and that she starts floating. In the book, she starts shining. Like her skin starts lighting up. It literally looks like someone is shining a flashlight on her arms. <laughs> <laughs> and like whenever Matthew's like gonna fight someone or like he's feeling his blood rage just the look on this man's face this guy is a good actor I've seen him in other stuff I know he can do it but he's like curling his little lip and like growling and it's just oh, is oh it God. is it possible Listen. to make a vampire show movie anything that's not in- incredibly embarrassing I don't know was he purring like the book said <laughs> I wanted to, at times, I, I want to say throw the book. I didn't have the book. I wanted. I just had to turn the book off at times. Like, <laughs> I don't want to hear about this man purring. Oh, I don't want to hear that. You just say he's mad and let's go on. All right. Well, we've said all we can say. I still like it. I still stand by it. But there are a lot of issues here. Maybe I'll downgrade. <laughs> just like going back on what I've said. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to like just you know draw it out of you and I did like I said there's parts of this book that's good certain people are going to be drawn to this if you're looking for the fantasy element you're not going to get a whole lot of it if you're looking for a 
a 1920s romance. You got it, honey. It's yours. Wait, uh, 1920s romance? Uh, yes. I mean, very much like a, um, I want a man to sweep me off my oh. feet, tell me what to do, and tell me what he wants me to make him for supper, and then I'm going to like rub his feet kind of thing. Because- well, we're, we're about to talk about a real 1920s romance right, in a couple of weeks, right. so <laughs> you're right. we'll get there, too. All right, y'all. It's been real. All right. Well, I'll talk to you later, Kippen. Bye. Bye. This has been One Page More. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a five-star review.